guy to be raking a yard at a state facility. We have a job to do now. Let's do it. So let it be written. So let it be done. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about household chores and specifically the household chores that I grew up having to do. The world is a little different now. Household chores aren't the same now as they used to be. I know because I tried to make my kids do household chores with moderate success. But boy, when I was a kid, we had chores that we had to do. It was expected. It was just the way it was. I don't know if it's a throwback to how things were when my parents were growing up. I don't know why it's a different mentality now. Maybe parents these days don't think that they should give their kids chores because they had to do chores. But I'm telling you, the chores that I had, they taught me responsibility. Yeah, I hated them. But you know what? I hate going to work every day, too. It was an early way to teach us there's stuff in life you're going to have to do that you're not going to like doing. So the household chores that we had kind of set the groundwork for that. I realized, yeah, there's fun time, but man, there's stuff we have to do that just sucks. So I'm going to talk a little about the household chores that I had, and they were wide and varied. And maybe some will be familiar to you, and some will be like, what the hell did you have to do? And maybe I got away cheap. Maybe you had chores that I didn't have to do. I mean, we didn't live on a farm. I know from my days going to school in Ohio that some of my friends had farm chores. We had to go milk the cows and herd the sheep and clear the back 40 before breakfast. I didn't have any of that. My chores were basically suburban-type chores, but they were still chores that I hated to do. Now, I've talked a little about chores in some of the other episodes of the podcast. I talked about the summer chores we had to do. The list was always the same. Make your bed, clean your room, get that bathroom cleaned up. Making the bed was always big. We didn't always do it. And I told you I learned the cheat for that. Just pull the bedspread over, tuck the pillow under, and that's pretty much all you have to do. I got away with that one a little bit. And I kind of liked the cleaning the bathroom chore because I told you about the vanished toilet bowl cleaner. Back in the day, we had a powdered toilet bowl cleaner. It had crystals in it and they would fizz when you threw it in the toilet bowl. So there was always the, ooh, I'm making a magic brew of something in the toilet bowl. Yes, I had a very weird imagination. Still do. But I didn't mind dumping the crystals into the toilet bowl and watching them sparkle and fizz and bubble and whatever they were doing to clean the toilet bowl. Yeah, it was, you know, cleaning a toilet, but... At least there was an entertainment factor. So those were the summer chores, but they also were supposed to go throughout the year. We were supposed to make our beds every day, although we were able to use the excuse of, I have to get out to school, as a means to get out from having to make the bed. Yeah, I was running late, Mom. I couldn't get the bed made. On top of those regular chores, we also had the chart. I've talked about the chart before. My dad had created this chart with every day of the week on it and each of our names on it, and each of us had a daily chore that we had to do. Well, more than just one. Because the chores for the day were setting the table for dinner, because we always had dinner around the table. Well, at least Monday through Friday, we had dinner at the table. Saturdays and Sundays were a little more hit or miss, so we didn't necessarily have to set the table on Saturdays or Sundays. But Monday through Friday, there was set the table, clear the table, do the kitchen work. Those were the big three. So I would have set the table for Monday and Thursday for one week, and then it would rotate the next week, so that nobody always had Monday set the table. I might have set the table Monday and Thursday, clear the table Tuesday and Friday, and kitchen work on one or two of the other days. And what the kitchen work was, you had to clean up all of the dishes from dinner. And whatever pots and pans mom used for cooking the dinner, you had to clean them too. Now, the cleanup wasn't a huge chore. When you're 10, 11, 12, it seems onerous. But it's what we do every day now. 
But as a 10-year-old, <laughs> oh no, I have to rinse the plates and put them in the dishwasher? Yes, we had a dishwasher. When I was real little, we didn't. But when we moved to New Jersey, my mom insisted on having a house with a dishwasher. So when we did the kitchen work, our job was to rinse the dishes, put them in the dishwasher. That was easy compared to cleaning the pots and pans because cleaning pots and pans, you actually have to get the scrub brush out or that sponge with the abrasive side to clean the pots and pans. And if mom had a fancy dinner going, you know, more than three dishes, you had to clean all of the pots and pans. Oh, that was a horrible job. You actually had to expend effort. But the little kicker to that job was my folks had Revere wear. Revere wear had these copper bottoms. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Nowadays, everybody's buying all that fancy copper, super slidey pots and pans so there's no sticking. Back in the day, Revere wear was the thing. And the copper bottom on the pots and pans would often get corroded or dirty or burned because it was on the stove. So there was a special cleaner for the bottoms of copper pots and pans. And one of our jobs was to shine up those pots and pans so they looked good hanging on the wall. And why was that important? Because my mom actually hung the pots on the wall over the stove. My dad had installed hooks so that she could display her bright and shiny Revere wear. But it was only bright and shiny if we used the copper cleaner on the bottom of the pans. And that was part of kitchen work. Kitchen work was the worst job on the chart. Setting the table, easy. Get five plates, five forks, five knives, napkins, glasses. Just set them out on the table. Clearing the table, a little harder because you not only had to clear the plates and the glasses, but you had to clear the serving dishes, all the napkins, all the other stuff from dinner. That had to be cleared off the table. But the kitchen work, man, oh, you had to scrape the dishes into the garbage. You had to rinse the dishes. You had to scrub the pots. You had to put the leftovers in containers and put them in the fridge. That was the worst job. It was time-consuming. I mean, it might take you 30 minutes. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but to a 10-year-old, 30 minutes of kitchen labor? Oh, God, no. Not the kitchen work. Now, my dad did build in the option we could trade duties. Like if I was going out to play or a friend was coming over after dinner and I was on kitchen duty that night, I could swap out with my sister or my brother. All right, I'll do kitchen work tomorrow if you do it today. And of course, there were negotiations for all of these things. Oh, you want kitchen work tonight, huh? Wow. It might cost you two kitchen nights to get out of it tonight. Maybe you'll have to do it for me this week and next week. Oh yeah, there were some high-level negotiations for passing off kitchen work. Also on the chart, empty the dishwasher. With a family of five, that dishwasher filled up every day. So every night my mom ran the dishwasher and it had to be emptied the next day. We were never fans of emptying the dishwasher either. Again, not all time-consuming. How long does it take to empty a dishwasher, put the plates where they're supposed to go, put the knives and forks in the appropriate slots in the drawers? Maybe 10 minutes, tops? But it was 10 minutes of our time. But see, that was an important thing that the chores taught us. Not all of the time is your time. There are things you have to do. And so, although we hated the job chart, we honored the job chart. Because if we didn't, there would be consequences. We also had other chores around the house, of course. I don't remember these being on the chart. As I sit here today, I wish I'd saved one of those charts. There had been one kicking around the house for years, but I don't know what happened to it. But I remember it was a grid with our names on it, the days of the week, the job set out, and my dad had it held on the side of the fridge with magnets so that he could change it. Every season, he would put a new version of the chart up there just to mix up the days a little bit. Summertime, there would be a different chart because we had more time. And I seem to recall the cleaning the bathroom was on the summer chart, but I don't remember 100%.
I just knew that it was one of the jobs we had to do. Other jobs we had to do, vacuuming, with three kids running around and pets, dogs and cats. There was always stuff to vacuum in our house. Now, the vacuuming was always an adventure because you never knew which vacuum you were going to use. And I say that because, as you guys probably remember from previous episodes, my dad would pick up vacuums at auctions, and the vacuums were always different. Sometimes we'd have an upright, sometimes we'd have a canister, sometimes we had one that sounded like a jet engine that would scare all the animals to the back of the house when you turned it on, and other times it would just be a little whirr. So vacuuming was always an interesting experience. There was one vacuum that was really a scary-looking vacuum. It looked like something from some steampunk nightmare of vacuum cleaners. It was big and metallic and had a big headlight on it. I never understood the headlight. I mean, I know you're supposed to be able to see the small things on the floor with the headlight, but it always made me think, are we vacuuming at night? Are we vacuuming in the dark? Am I supposed to not turn the lights on when I vacuum? Because the headlight was huge. They could probably have used it in a lighthouse on the coast. It was such a big light. We also had buffing the floor as a chore. My mom had these nice tile floors in the kitchen, and she would mop them, mop and glow, or a bucket of water and soap, or whatever she used. We didn't have to do the mopping, but we would have to do the buffing. Now, as an adult, I know the buffing doesn't really do anything unless you put wax on the floor, and we didn't really wax the floor. Yes, long before the days of Swiffer, you would actually get a bucket of water, put some soap in it, some detergent, some kind of cleaner, mop the floor up, and then the buffer was an upright machine with two bristle brushes on the bottom. And I'm not sure what it was supposed to do to the floor, but mom wanted us buffing the floor, and so buffing the floor was one of the things that we had to do. That was another noisy machine that the dog and the cats didn't like. They would scurry to the back of the house when we fired that thing up. But yeah, buffing the floor. That was one of those uncharted jobs that we had to do. Another chore that I have vivid memories of was trash duty. For the longest time, it seemed like I was the only one of the siblings that had trash duty. I know that's not the case, it wasn't particularly a long period of time, but it just seemed like I got stuck with trash duty more than anybody else, probably because I was the oldest. But trash duty was a complicated process for 10-year-old me. It involved actually having to leave the house, go to the top of the driveway, which was a walk of about 100 feet, bring up the garbage can. Now this is the days when the only garbage cans were metal garbage cans, you know, like you see in the old movies now. These days, everybody's got Rubbermaid or some other plastic garbage can with a lid that fits on. Back when I was a kid, our garbage cans were those metal garbage cans with the lids that, if you looked at them wrong, they would crinkle up and never fit right. They were like giant Frisbees. And I'll neither confirm nor deny that we might have used them as giant Frisbees, which might account for their inability to fit squarely on the cans anymore. But I had to walk down to the top of the driveway, bring up the can and the lid, and put it on the front porch. That was step one. Step two was I had to go to every room in the house, starting with the kitchen, get each garbage can in every room, bring it out to the front porch, and empty the trash into the big can. The kitchen one was always the worst because it had all the stinky food and the wrappers and everything from the kitchen. But there was garbage in every room in the house because you had five people living in the house generating trash. Now, trash day was only twice a week. I want to say it was Tuesday and Friday, but I don't remember 100% if that's accurate. But there was two trash days where we had to collect the trash. And part of the trash duty was you had to empty every can into the garbage can on the porch, put the lid on, and take the garbage can down to the road. As I've mentioned in the past, we had a long driveway, so that entailed a 300-foot walk. Doesn't sound like a lot unless you're a 10-year-old lugging a garbage can. Now, we did have a wagon, so I could put the garbage can in the wagon. You know, one of those four-wheel radio flyer-type wagons. You could put the garbage can in the wagon and haul it down that way, but that was my job. We had to haul the trash down to the road. Never a fun task. 
not something that I look forward to. I don't know why I found that job so detestable, but I just hated doing the trash. I really did. But when Tuesday night would roll around, I'd hear my dad from the family room, Gamer dude, don't forget it's trash night. Oh, oh no. Okay, dad, I won't forget. Usually it only took one reminder. Much as I hated it, I knew I had to do it. But trash night, oh, it was horrible. Horrible. The other horrible job, cleaning the kitty litter. Oh, ew. We had cats. I loved the cats. They were lovely little critters. But boy, do they stink up litter. And you have to remember, this is the days before they had the fancy litters where they would reduce the odor or fancy litter boxes with a lid on them or those fancy litter boxes that actually self-clean. Have you seen those? God, as a kid, when I was growing up, I would have paid money for a self-cleaning litter box. As it was, we had a little scooper where we would scrape out the poop, sift it to save the litter that was still good, and throw the poop in a bag to take it out to the garbage. And then once a week, we had to dump the whole thing into a bag because cats don't just poop in litter boxes, if you know what I mean. And so the litter in the bottom of the box would get really nasty after a week. And I still remember that smell. Oh, God. Horrible. It was just one of those detestable jobs you just hate doing. You hate the prospect of it. You love your pets, but boy, you hate having to clean up after them. The dog was no big deal because we lived in the woods. We were on about an acre of land. And if the dog wanted to go out, you had to open the door. The dog would go out, do his or her business outside and come in. You didn't have to worry about cleaning up after the dog. You didn't have to worry about walking the dog. The dog would do its thing and come back in and boom. But the cats, (laughs) high maintenance. Another of my least favorite jobs, cleaning the gutters. Thankfully, it only happened once a year in the fall. Well, I actually had to clean the gutters more than once a year because leaves fall throughout the fall, but at least it was only one season out of the year. And although the job was kind of gross, I always thought it was kind of cool to be able to climb up on the roof because that's what we had to do. Put the ladder on the side of the house, climb up on the roof, and then I'd lie belly first on the roof and use a big old glove and scoop all the crap out of the gutter. You know, the dirt and the leaves and whatever else was up there so that the water would flow down the gutter and not flood into the house. The cool part about the job was being up on the roof, but the gross part about the job was you're handling all that gross stuff in the soggy, messy, yicky gutter. Ew. So there was a trade-off with that job. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Now, all of these chores were expected of us to do. We got an allowance when I was a kid, and the allowance was never directly tied to completing our chores. I don't remember a single time that our allowance was withheld because we didn't do our chores, but somehow in my head, There was an understanding that we had to do our chores in order to earn, for lack of a better term, in order to earn our allowance. And so we did our chores and we got our allowance. It's funny, I was trying to remember how much the allowance was. I have no recollection. I do not remember what my allowance was at any point in my life. Could have been 50 cents, could have been a buck. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. We got it once a week and we could bank it or spend it, whatever we wanted to do. It was ours to do with as we pleased. But as a kid growing up, it was never enough. So one of the things that I discovered was that we could get jobs outside of the house if we wanted to earn a little extra money. And my parents encouraged this, of course. One of the jobs that we had was pet care. The neighbors across the street, you remember me talking about Ray? Ray and his sister and his family would go on vacation sometimes, and they had a cat and they had a dog. And they would leave the pets when they would go on vacation And it would be my job to go over there and feed the animals. And they would agree to pay us to do this. 
Just like the allowance, I don't remember what the pay was, but I do remember it was actual dollar bills. Was it five? Was it 10? I don't remember. But I remember waiting for them to get back from vacation so that I could get paid. There was actual money involved, so I didn't mind that job. Yes, it involved cleaning the kitty litter and feeding the animals and taking the dog for a walk. But there was something about the fact that it was outside the house and I was getting an actual payday for it that made it a little less objectionable. The other job that I had as a kid wasn't really a chore that we were expected to do. This was more of a thing that we did to hang out with Dad. Because Dad had his own thing. Dad did his thing. Dad had his shop in the basement. He had his auctions on the weekend. He did his thing. And if we wanted to spend time with Dad, we had to find a way to insert ourselves into the time that he would do his thing. That's why I would go to auctions with Dad. And that's why I would find things to do while he was working in his shop downstairs. One of those things that I found to do was sorting. Sorting, you say? What's that? Well, what would happen is my dad would go to these sales, these auctions, these yard sales, whatever. And he would buy boxes of tools and boxes of hardware, boxes of stuff, basically, that he would use in his shop. Now, when I say hardware, I'm talking about screws and nuts and bolts and all that kind of thing. And what was often the case was that this hardware would come in a mason jar or an old coffee can, and all of the screws and nuts and bolts would all be mixed together. And my dad, being the organized person that he was, wanted to sort this stuff. And he would spend time doing it sometimes. But he would invite us down while he was working on some project in his shop to help with the sorting. So what he would do is he would set up a card table near his workbench and a chair and he'd give us a magnet. And one of the magnets that I used was something called a monster magnet. You can probably Google it and find a picture of it. Look for the Whammo monster magnet. But the Whammo monster magnet had a monster face and two arms coming down and magnets at the end of each arm. And you would dip into the bowl or can or box of hardware and pull out a wad of screws and nuts and bolts. And then I'd pick off whatever it was, a screw, and put it in the screw box, a nut and put it in the nut box, a nail and put it in the nail box, and so on. So that all of this loose hardware was sorted into the appropriate boxes. But it wasn't just putting screws with screws and nuts with nuts and bolts with bolts. My dad knew what kind of screws they were and what kind of nails they were and wanted to make sure that they were all put in the appropriate boxes so that if he needed a lag bolt, he could go to the lag bolt box. If he needed a hex nut, he would go to the hex nut box. If he needed a Phillips head wood screw, he could go to the Phillips head wood screw box. And so one of the things that I learned was the names and uses of all these little pieces of hardware. I learned what a wood screw was. I learned what a machine screw was. I learned what a finishing nail was. I learned what a carpet tack was. Why they were different. Why you would use them in certain circumstances. And boy, oh boy, my dad made it clear. Make sure you get the wood screws in the wood screw box. Don't mix the Phillips head with the flat head. Oh, we we had very specific rules. Now, one of the cool little things about the sorting process was the Dymo labels. What's a Dymo label? Well, I'm glad you asked. My dad had one of those little Dymo label makers. You can still find them, although a lot of them are electronic now, but back in the day, a Dymo label maker looked like a pricing gun, like you would see at the supermarket or at Kohl's or any of the stores where they would price things, except it wasn't electronic. It had a little hatch in it where you would put this plastic tape that would feed through the label maker. And on the top of the label maker was a wheel with all of the letters of the alphabet and all of the numbers and some punctuation marks as well. And so if you needed a label that said wood screws, you would spin the wheel to W, then pull the trigger, and it would put a W on this tape. Then O, pull the trigger, you'd get an O. Another O, pull the trigger again, you'd get another O. And you'd spell out wood screws. 
and then you would hit the cut button and the label would cut off and you'd have a little label that said wood screws on it. Then you would peel the backing off the label and stick it to whatever container you were using. In my dad's case, he had a lot of old cigar boxes that he would pick up at these auctions. So you'd put your wood screws label on the cigar box, put all your wood screws in there, and boom. Of course, you had to have a label that said wood screws, Phillips head, wood screws, flat, so that you wouldn't grab the wrong box if you wanted a Phillips head screw. So we had labels for exterior wood screws, interior wood screws, and subdivided into Phillips head and flat. Metal screws, machine screws, roofing nails, finishing nails, carpet tacks, lag bolts, carriage bolts, U-bolts, hex nuts, wing nuts, flat washers, lock washers. Anything that you can see in the hardware aisle over at Home Depot or Lowe's, my dad had on a shelf in the basement. So if we ever needed a screw for any occasion, if we ever needed a bolt for any occasion, if we needed to nail something, there was a box downstairs with a label on it and you could find what you needed. And for years and years, with all of the cans of hardware that he would pick up, one of my jobs was to sort through that stuff and put it in the appropriate boxes. I wouldn't say that the sorting was a fun job, but I got a couple of things out of it. Number one, I got to spend time with my dad, because I would never be sorting down there if he wasn't there. So it was an actual opportunity to spend time with dad. But the other thing that I got out of it was I learned a lot about hardware and how to use it and where to apply it. Because as I was sorting, my dad would talk to me about the various things. Well, you'd put a lock washer in and then a flat washer in and then a nut on top of that. And if you want to make sure the nut doesn't come undone, you make sure you put the lock washer in here. I don't remember that we ever talked about anything substantive during these sorting sessions, but it was always just a great opportunity to sit there and spend time with dad. So of all the jobs that I had, I never mind the sorting job. It was one of those pleasant jobs that I grew up with that I probably got the most benefit from just because of the time I got to spend with my dad. As I mentioned, I did try to pass on the do your chores thing to my kids with varying degrees of success over the years. But the reasons for the moderate success, that's fodder for an entirely different episode of Storytime. The one chore that I've never been able to get my kids to embrace, cleaning up after the dog. As I mentioned... When I was a kid, we didn't have to clean up after the dog. The dog would run into the woods, do its business, and run back in the house. There wasn't this clamoring for following your dog around with a baggie and cleaning up the dog's poop and throwing it in the garbage. It just wasn't a thing when I was growing up. Partly because of where I grew up, but partly because society's view was different. But when my kids were little and we had dogs, we had a small fenced-in yard. So we could let the dog out. We didn't have to walk the dog. But if you wanted to use the backyard for anything, like playing having a barbecue, walking barefoot through the grass. He had to go clean up after the dog. And this might surprise you, but my kids were not big fans of going out and scooping up poop. Can you imagine? The poop scooping became just a mode of punishment rather than a chore. If somebody violated the rules, all right, that's it. Get out there and clean up the poop. To this day, I find it really difficult to understand why the kids didn't want to go out and clean up dog poop. Go figure. Anyway... That's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for being here. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I appreciate the fact that you spend so much time just hanging out. I can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.